book, a podcast for busy millennials who read. I am one of the hosts, Claudine, and I am being joined by Shona. Hello! And Candice. Hello! And we are loving and reading books, and we wanted to talk about them with you guys and let you know what should you be reading or what could you put down. Um, <laughs> we are going to discuss the Black Dagger Brotherhood series by J.R. Ward. I'm surprised there's no H in there. Um, <laughs> we'll there it should have been like the J-R-W-H-A-R-D. Like it would have made, you know, that's what she, in her own book, she actually yeah, went that way. Consistency. Um, yeah, consistency. So um, we're discussing this book series, and the reason we're discussing it is because of wrestling connection. So I do another podcast called Suplexes and Shea Butter. And on while seeing Shona on Twitter reference a picture of Roman Reigns as Wrath from this series, somebody edited that, I flipped out because I love that book series. And we bonded over that because we already love wrestling together. And then I tagged in my best friend, Candice, and I'm like, girl, we're bonding. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have this wonderful trio of women who read, and we're going to talk about it, and it's going to be magical. It's so much fun. So that's how we got here. And then we all just started discussing this book, specifically this series, and thought, like, first of all, there was so much fun in talking about books because not one of the conversations I feel like we have as much nowadays. I feel like people tend to read a bestseller. So, like, when you say, oh, I like to read, they're like, I read Becoming by Michelle Obama. And it's like, all right, but, you know, <laughs> that's a great book. Don't get me wrong. But, like, or the funny thing is, like, no, I didn't read that, but I watched the movie. Yeah. Ooh, exactly. So, I think that's what really is the fun of this. Just kind of, if you used to read a lot as a kid, which I feel like all of us did, you know those feelings of loving books and being immersed in a different world. And we just kind of wanted to bring that back into our adult lives and talk about what we're reading as adults that make us feel like we're immersed in another world. Um, so awesome. Black Dagger Brotherhood. Let's get into it. How far mm-hmm. along in the series have you guys read? This time around, I'm partway through book three, to my shame. <laughs> I did want to go further. Oh, yeah. my God. So how, but I am, a long time. How long have you read? How much have you read the whole time? I think I got to about seven or eight. Okay. Candice, how far have you read in the series? So right now I am towards the end of book two. And then overall, I think the last book I read was like Quinn and Blaylocks. Mm. I don't remember what number that is. That's 11. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I read through 12. Now, I did not read all of the books. Um, no, so I read, in originally, in my first original reading, I read from 1 through 11, because I read up to Quinn and Blaylock as well. Because that was the PDF that we had. We all had, yeah, we had the, this is college, so we couldn't afford these $18, you know. Yes. <laughs> so we used to find, like, really crappy free PDFs online. Yes. That, like, to I read, mean, you're, like, literally moving the screen left to right, because, like, the PDF yes. doesn't fit all in the screen. <laughs> and then, like, sometimes some of them would have, like, errors where, like, all the A's would be symbols. So, like, the entire <laughs> book 
would be riddled yeah. with symbols. It's like so we like the A would be like an act symbol, not an actual A. <laughs> yeah, you know, like so we went through it because of um, you know, college poverty. So <laughs> but uh so we both read through one through eleven. In this next go around, I kind of sped read through the book. So I read about like seven or eight of them in like chunks. Like yeah. I specifically follow I follow specific storylines. And yeah. um I read book 12. Let's give an, an introduction, by the way, next of like, for people who've never read Black Dagger Brotherhood, kind of like what the series is about. Shona. No pressure. Okay, so the idea of Black Dagger Brotherhood is there's um, society as we know it, but hidden within that society is a society of vampires who live alongside. Um, the vampire society, uh, mostly civilian, but they're protected by this mystical, relatively unknown, incredibly violent, incredibly tough brotherhood, which is uh, basically a military force. It's a small group of them. They're, they're elite. They're massive. They all wear black. They've got these incredible boots. She goes on a lot about the boots. Yes. Um, and they're constantly <laughs> defending the vampire uh, society against the lessening society uh, made up of the letters run by their sort of arch villain, the Omega, um, who are trying to destroy um, the the vampire society to absolute extinction. Mm-hmm. So we come in, and the books just generally introduce us to and follow, lead us through a story arc on one of the Brotherhood. That's, yes. that's basically the idea. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Thank you. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so good at this. I should, I should, I should write a book review or something. Yeah, no, 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 just the title page. (laughs) I think no matter what, like whenever we start, we talk about a new book series. You're gonna be the one like break down what we're talking about because you're so good at it. Uh, and disclaimer, this is not a PG book by any means, nor oh, will no. this conversation be PG, oh, no. you know, just the book, if you're going to be NC-17 or whatever yeah. that rating is. This will be X. Yes. Oh, rating It'll be, X. It'll be a X. <laughs> It'll be a rated hex. <laughs> Copious use of the word pumping. I think that should be warning tagline. Yes. Yes. So, Black Dagger Brotherhood. I so I primarily, as a reader, lend to contemporary fiction and chiclet romance. I just prefer a strong love story. Candice reads fantasy, so she was the one who introduced this to me because while it was a fantasy book or a fantasy series it was very, very much focused on love. So that was how I was able to stomach it. Because trust me, if this yeah. was all about like just fighting the, the yeah. Omega, I would have tapped out books, you know. Yeah, I come from a place four. of like Harry Potter. That's my first love is like reading the Harry Potter books and then just going from there, like anything about dragons and magic um, and elves, like, you know, I'm in. See, but I think this is why this series particularly is really interesting to discuss with you, T, because I approach this from a horror lover perspective really so i came into it because i saw vampires and immediately this sort of this this underground war between vampires and the arch enemies and that sort of thing drew me as a as a, as a horror aficionado so it's interesting we've got like the three the three points of this triangle that she's covered in this series which i think is fascinating yeah actually I was, so before we roast her uh, <laughs> 
What is it? What do we love about the book? I'm going to be honest now and say I've actually, and um, please don't both hang up on me. Um, I actually am enjoying it more this time around, being older than I did when I read it when I was younger. Okay. I, In yeah. I so I connect more to certain stories. I think she handles some stories really well. I, like looking at it as an adult, but it also reminds me of why I fell so in love with certain characters. I think mm. my prob like, you know, we'll get into our dislikes. We'll stay on the positive side. But I, I think that was one of the things because like Zadis, Zadis. I'm, I'm gonna read it the way I saw it, and I'm not gonna apologize. But Zadis, <laughs> but no, um, like his story is just phenomenal. I love it, and also he has a novella. There's a novella for Zadis as well. If you wanna like, if you didn't know that I was about there, it's really short super cute and I loved it if you love his book you're gonna love that novella is it Zetas and Bella or just Zetas it's Zetas and Bella and Nala their little daughter yes interesting yes so if you it's everything that you loved about the first about his his hero book it's yeah. in this novella it's packed in there it's it's perfect. It's just so perfect. It's the the what it goes through is you know how like at the end. So we're gonna talk about the book series. So if you're like, oh, I want to read it, you're gonna have to understand that you need to read it before you listen to our opinions. But if you're yeah. like, I've never read it, but I just want to hear y'all talk. We're giving all the spoilers. But you know how <laughs> at the end of Satis' book, there's that little snippet of like that pre-trance is like watching him all like mesmerized because he's out there fighting or like practicing and he was just kind of mesmerized and then Bella comes out with the Nala so the, mm. the book, the novella takes place from after he mates her to Nala getting to, to that moment Interesting. so you see that it was not all peaches getting there yeah yeah like, I, I just happened to be googling uh, I don't remember what I no you know I don't re- I think, so there's this, like, cheat sheet book um, website that I was on because I was trying to figure out certain people's storylines to figure out what books I needed to, to, like, connect those pieces. And so in reading that, I kind of saw something mentioned about Zetas. I was like, I don't know what they're talking about. I didn't see that at all. And I would have seen it if that's what they're saying. And then I looked up, I, like, Googled his name, and then I saw, like, it was called Father Mind. Uh, was his story so I I mean it's my favorite it's one of my favorites I tend to love novellas over full series because I feel like they just give you what you want versus full series that like like full books that have to take all these other turns um, yeah it's like an intense focus isn't it it's a snippet of an intense focus yes, yes it wasn't you know that because that was a thing but um yeah so I really love his story I think that's where that's I think she excels when when it's a character that she's developed and taken time on, she excels in making you care about them, and they are consistent. I don't yeah. feel like a character that I read in book 12 is nothing like the character I read in book one. I feel like, except for their height, because Rath <laughs> grew like seven inches over the course of this series. He started out at six He's three. a king. He's allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> he went to a growth spurt after meeting Mary. His wife was Bella. His wife wasn't Bella. His Beth. Mary. Ray or Beth. Ruff was Beth. Beth. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. So I think that's. 
that's one of the things I enjoy. What about you, Candy? What do you enjoy? Um, the sex. You know, but, <laughs> can we put that out there? That was that was really good. Um, it is really good. <laughs> let's see. I will say I enjoy the entire world. I think reading it this time around, I found myself skipping entire sections. Like when they started talking about like the lessening society and like Mr. O or Mr. X, like I skipped that whole thing through. Um, and kind of really only wanted to interact with that part when they were interacting with like the vampires themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, I, so I love like Raph and Beth's book, like really interesting. Like I felt like there were so many more characters in that book versus like now I'm reading, um, Rage and Mary story, which I think I'm enjoying a little less, probably on the stance that that book is more realistic right like here he is with he's carrying this burden of this like beast that he um that he's like holding within his himself like a literal beast that he like transforms into anytime he gets overexcited um and then mary has cancer and it's like all the other books like we're reading this book about like vampires and this like hyper realistic um you know society and they're all falling in love and we're all rooting for them and then she has cancer and it's like that's not necessarily what i wanted from a fantasy novel like it really kind of like exactly exactly like even in the way how like i think the series ends if i can remember like she gets cured of cancer like the scribe virgin who's their deity cures her of cancer but i think like she can't have children like no, that she already couldn't have children because that's of like from the first round of treatment made yeah, in the first okay. Got it. And that's what I'm saying. Like this saved her because the scribe version was like, uh, like the scribe version really values being able to give life, and so she was like, she was gonna like not let her talk to Rage at all, and like yeah. that was his thing to keep her alive, and yeah. that was gonna be her way. But then when she realized that she couldn't have kids, she's like, you suffered enough, boo. You can have it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, this book was so, like, it was just, like, not escaped. Like, to your point, Johnny, it definitely wasn't an escapist book. And I was like, there are some, like, real elements in here. Like, I think she does that actually throughout a lot of her books. Like, she tackles rape a lot in her books right like Beth the the very first book Beth almost gets raped like you know within the first what's that it's almost on page one exactly like almost immediately right like John Matthew talks about like a situation where like you know he was forced to you know um to like you know some sexual act of like to another man forced to in like a corner somewhere like you know um Zadis Zadis entire book like his story like his beginning story is him being a sex slave like you know against his will like so yeah right like but like that's the issues like that that he has now like stems from like this unhealthy like start to his sexual life and then even um like uh like what does he make up for it (laughs) (laughs) but even like hex like hex definitely um like was raped remember like she gets captured um in her book and yeah. like same thing, so she tackles like you know uh, like rape a lot in her in her series. She but like so with Bella when she gets when Bella gets kidnapped by the Lesser, although obviously with the Lesser's inadequacies in certain areas, um, <laughs> it's as close to rape as you can get without actual sexual contact. You yeah. know that sense of overpowering, the sense of controlling mm-hmm. somebody else. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
even, even in that element, you know, like yeah. you say, she tackles those non-consensual conversations. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, like, really great, too. And, like, I don't think she does it in, like, you a think very flimsy or... Shut up. Um, I don't think she does it in like a very like flimsy or like whimsical way, as in like, oh, I was raped and like there are no repercussions to like you know such a violent act against someone person. Like, I mean, like they is literally like the first time he like you know tried to be intimate with uh, Bella, like ended up on the floor like in like you know fetal position, right? Like, I feel like she kind of yeah. does these characters justice. It's not like oh it happened, but now I live happily ever after. It's like no, there's like yeah. real consequences. But I find it really interesting as well that it's not even, you see a lot with sort of, especially with, um, I think because it's more prevalent, you see it more with with rapes against women where in books, women go through this traumatic experience, but they come out being these vulnerable but strong survivors. And then you get somebody like Zadist who comes out and actually it breaks him and he's vile and he's vicious and he's brutal and, Mm -hmm. you know, he's got this black void inside of him because of what he's gone through. But it's not some sort of noble, heroic quest that he's, he's, he's struggled through and come out a better person. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's quite interesting, the way Same. she tackles that kind of thing. I completely agree, and I was going to mention that. Um, I think one of the things for me as a contemporary romance reader is she, this was one of the, even rereading it now, I realize, like, I can't really recall other books that handled these situations so viciously and so honestly. Like, typically in, like, romance, in that type of genre, it's very much a glossed-over conversation of, like, mm-hmm. it was something unpleasant, and it was a bad day. <laughs> and, like, that's, like, that's it. And, like, but I'm fine now. Okay. <laughs> and they might, like, shed one, like, really pretty tear, and, like, be like, ugh. I can't with you today. And, like, that's it. Like, yeah, it's very, very, like, she does not, um, she does not, and I will give her the, I will give her the compliment in referring to her of, like, Game of Thrones of, like, with, with the original ensemble cast, she did an an excellent job of, like, making you care about all these people, but she also made you care about people that she killed. She killed people. And even with, the, um, even with the Omega Society, I will, um, I will, or the lessons, the lesser, even with, I remember the original reading when I actually would read their part for the most part, like, she, the way, I remember being shocked at the Omega and the way he would kill the, the like, the head lesser, like, all the time. I remember that part. Like he used to take them out. Just take like, them out. Yeah. He would take them out and be like, "Well, you failed." Click and like next person, and he would just move them along. And so I remember being kind of shocked because I'm not used to characters being willfully discarded. Like, yeah. you know, like you put work into this and you you killed them. What she did better than a certain Game of Thrones character, a Game of Thrones writer. I'll be honest. <laughs> Is that when when people I mean, die? That doesn't really that doesn't really give it that vague. There's, there's a certain Game of Thrones writer out of the <laughs> <laughs> I point him. But no, <laughs> but no, um, I think like Lash, Lash gave me like Cersei vibes, right? Like we went through it with Lash. He was torturing John Matthew from day one. Horrible to him. And yeah. when he finally died, it was a group effort. Everyone was around him. They gave Hex that blade, and they did that. You know what I'm saying? And I feel yeah. like 
Lash, I feel like with Lash, like, he got a death that he deserved. Like, I didn't feel cheated out of his death the way that I felt with, like, Cersei in Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? So it was more and like so a purple winning with, like, Joffrey, where, like, he got his comeuppance and you were satisfied. Yeah. Satisfied. And exactly the like, word, yeah. Exactly. I feel like it was very rarely in the book, if I cared about a character and I followed their storyline, it was very rarely in the books that I was, like, not satisfied with what happened with the character. Yeah. It was just either I cared or I didn't. Yeah. You make a good point, by the way, of, like, the deaths, that, like, it all doesn't necessarily end in happy endings, right? Like, the first, the very, one of the very first characters that we meet is Darius, which is, like, Beth's father. And within, like, three, the first three chapters, like, Darius gets blown up. Like, you know, like, he, she introduces him as a main character, as if he's the one that's going to mainly tell the story. And then, like, his storyline completely ends, and then everyone else kind of picks up from there. Like, and he, like, I think because of that is, like, why we have these, like, stories, right? Like, it was because of that that, like, you know, Rath was then committed to help Beth. Right, like so, there wouldn't like essentially there wouldn't have been a first book if Darius hadn't died. But it was interesting that like you know she creates these like plot lines like out of unhappy endings. Like Wellsy, Wellsy is like towards Shellen or wife, you know, um, and uh, she dies like while she's like while she's pregnant. Um, that's like, a, and like, you know, she talks about, like, she goes on about, like, Tor's grief, like, him not being able to reconcile with her death, and, like, that ends up stopping him, A, from, like, moving forward to, like, continue living his life and finding new love, but also, I think, like, it also stopped her from moving forward in the afterlife, because it was, like, he was holding on so strongly, exactly, with her, like, even though she died, she just couldn't pass on into the fade, is what it's called, I think. Um, like, like, I think there's, like, other characters as well, like, other strong characters as well that, like, she just immediately kills off and, like, really creates these, like, beautiful stories out of their, like, the ashes of their death. I think it was when you're told, like you say, with Darius, he's, he's presented as this big, powerful character. You get immediately, sort of, uh, information and depth to him, and then she kills him off like that. And Mm -hmm. I think, um, the only thing that I can really compare it to is Wes Craven in Screen 2, very quickly killing off Sarah Michelle Gellar. And everybody was blown away, like, he's just murdered Buffy. (laughs) 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 Anyone can die. And I think that's when on their toes, you're like, oh, shit, this isn't some background character that just sort of happens. She can kill off anyone. Yeah. Yeah. All the way through, you're like, I get attacked, attached to this character. It's something horrible. He's like George R.R. Martin with, like, Ned Stark, and we're like, what the hell are you doing, George? I am not over (laughs) Ned Stark yet. Quickly, that he never survived. He never. And it still hurts. Oh, I think I purposefully choose roles just for that. Like, am I going to die? I'll take it. I'm on. <laughs> but I also think um, one of the things I wanted to commend her on, because in this rereading of me trying to follow certain storylines, I she poor so Wellesley was killed in book three. Tor didn't come back to breathing and talking to people and being a decent human. And and when I say a decent human, I mean like a functioning, not, functioning. A, li- not a living zombie that he was until mm. book nine. Like, her stories stretch. Because even now, I'm trying to go back to when Quinn, Blay, and, and uh, John Matthew were uh, 
pre-trans and friends, and I want to like have see that with Lash and all those things. And yeah. I'm like trying to figure out which book I have to buy because it's so spread out through the series. Like she really, if you're reading this and you care about certain characters, like you're gonna invest time in their stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that also she does an excellent, excellent, excellent job of really developing i thought like when it came to her developing the world i love how she straddled the fence of like you can almost see it like it didn't seem so unrealistic because like um i like okay the idea of like them smelling the lester smelling like baby powder you know and things like that i feel like while it's ridiculous it's also (laughs) thank you (laughs) it's also real like because I know what baby baby powder smells like. So it's like every yeah. time Alexis come around, I know what my mind immediately references what they smell like. And then it makes me like, you know, I, I feel like there's been times where I've read books where they, they try to like create a new scent. And boo <laughs> boo, we, we are, we, we don't know what you're talking about. Like you ever have, like you ever have like a writer and the other day I was reading something where the writer had a very sexy scene, but I was confused about the positioning. And I was like, where's your hand? Hold on. Because it was like her, the hand Put grabbed the book the around. Hand, and then the <laughs> other hand grabbed a butt, but then the other, other hand got the butt, and then the other, other hand. And I was like, so you're going, there are too many legs. You really have too many legs. Where's the extra leg from? Who's that? Like, pull that back. What are, what are we doing here? What's going on with this position? So I feel like when she, I feel like while it was some of these things were ridiculous, it made sense and it really helped shape that world because I wasn't trying too hard to catch what she was meaning. I think it's because it's an anchor, isn't it? It's like you say, it's that real life anchor. You can go, okay, and, and, it, and it's like you say, it's little things. It's the fact that Darius drove, I think BMW. It's the fact that the lesser smell of baby powder. It's, um, you know, it's butch wearing. Uh, Mark Jacob suits and stuff like that. It gives you yes. little anchors that you can go, oh, hang on, this is real life. This is yeah. going around on like hover jets and, yeah. and ter- having invisibility cloaks. And yeah. You can actually, they're tangible to our world. And you can go, actually, that's not, yes, there are fantasy elements, but that's the joy of urban fantasy is you, you, you can sort of, you can place it in your world and it makes yeah. it closer. So this might be a really good segue to like, what about this like, this in universe that she creates while there's like parts that work well in making, you know, um, the characters very realistic and like giving you that connection to the characters. What are the parts that just like absolutely didn't work? Um, Shauna, let's like, if you want to start, like what didn't work for you? Okay. Well, I've got a point. I'm sorry. I like to do the long, oh, Shauna, Shauna, Shauna. There we are. <laughs> I'm happy with either. Um, I think I want to take this moment um, to have a moment of silence for Darius because I think he got the short end of the straw from the very start. He was surrounded, and this is a point I'm coming into, by characters called Rage and Wrath and Sadist and Terror and Revenge. And then he's the equivalent. His name was the equivalent of the red shirt in Star Trek. I'm going to have Revenge, Venger, Sadist and Phil. And we're going to go out. Who's going to die? It's going to... Well, it's obviously going to be him, isn't it? Everybody has got all these H's, and they're all called, like, murder and, you know, genocide or genocide, and, you know, all these... (laughs) And then you get Darius, and you go, obviously him. (laughs) Obviously going to be him. And I think that was the thing, is these... I think the names for me... 
it, it wasn't so much that they were all named basically after like deadly sins. I'm fine with that. It was, I know it's a stupid thing, but it was partly the spellings of them. And we, I know we've discussed this. Her, her orgasming over H's. She like she vomits them onto the page, and they're just everywhere, everywhere. And I, I found that quite difficult. That took me out of it. It was just, I don't know. When Terror turned up, I think for me, when he had the bracelet, it was just like, of course his name's John, but no, it's really Terror. Of course. <laughs> 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 I remember reading probably I, I want to say it was on the cheat sheet page that I was trying I was trying to find certain character storylines. But someone said if we want to consider a main character, they think it's that it's still Darius because Darius is John Matthew. Yeah. And John Matthew was a catalyst for a lot of people coming together because Mary wouldn't have come together because John Matthew was the one who was calling Mary. Mary wouldn't have come into Rage's life. Bella wouldn't have come into uh, Zadis's life. Like. John Matthew and Darius is, are still the main characters because, you know, they are oh, that pivotal. person. Yeah. yeah. They're the pivotal okay. character of, like, connecting a lot of pieces because of, of his existence. So I thought that was something to be interesting with, like, even though I think he got the short of his stick, I also agree that, like, no, he's technically still there because he's still doing the same things, you know, saying the same things Darius would say. He just doesn't know that he's Darius and that he's saying that, you know? Yeah. Um, But... If we're going to talk about, so for me, the thing that was kind of ridiculous outside of the the spelling is that when I think about returning, return, like adapting this book to TV, my mindset is kind of like, okay, none of this is distinguishable enough that we've created a new universe that like it would show up on TV. Like, Stand out. Yeah. Like yeah. we can't like, actually... Because I'm like, there's no way that this isn't on TV. Or, like, at this point, especially with the heyday of vampires, this is a New York Times bestseller, best-selling series. So I'm like, there's no way that no one had this conversation. But I'm thinking that's where it fell flat. Because how do you translate? The Zeta story can translate really well. The Zeta's name cannot. Yeah. And yeah. Now it's weird if, it's, if his name is just, you know, John Jacob. <laughs> well, here's the interesting part, I think, about, like, translating it to TV. I think there's so many different characters, it would be really hard to do a TV series where you're focusing on all of those characters. Like, that, yeah, like, that would be, like, because even in the books, like, towards the, the later parts of the books, I feel like she tries to introduce a lot of new characters to have, like, new storylines, and then you just kind of lose it. Like, now it's, like, I remember, like, you know, the later books, call it, like, books, like, 9, 10, 11, like, it wasn't just the main story. Like, the, the formula for the earlier books was... 90% the the main characters of, like, the two, the love story, right? Like, so the man and the woman or whatever. Um, and then, like, the last 10% was, like, circling around who may be the next love story coming along. There would be, like, maybe one or two characters that she introduces. By the time, like, we get to the books, like, 9, 10, 11, like, all of a sudden it was, like, 50% of the main, like, you know, love story, and then 50% of all of these other characters that it's like, this is really hard to focus on, and I don't care. Like, I'm yeah. trying to get to the bump and grind of the main characters that you introduced me to, and now you're telling me about these other characters that are over here, like, it's not, like, you know, important to this story, right? And I feel like translating that to a TV show, yeah, translating that to a TV show would be like, huh, like, who, who are we? Who are we talking about today? Is it Wrath? Is it Zadis? Is it I Am? Is it Sex? Is it Hex? Is it John Matthews? Oh, like, what are we talking about? The name Sex? You really named your 
development, because we talked so many positive things. But my problem with her character development was that I felt like sometimes she didn't go, like, she she was really hyper-realistic, and it worked in the sense of setting the scene, and you don't feel like you have to try too hard to understand what she was trying to do. But at the same time, I feel like she did not distinguish anything enough. Like, she never truly went there, because sometimes they were, like, old English people. Sometimes they were young thugs from New York. Sometimes they <laughs> they would talk like, you know, they were old English men and like there would be these random like interludes and then they would have these so like the one thing i like that she would do would be like when she would say we're gonna do this true you know you're gonna do this true and like it it was enough of a slight language weirdness that like it made it like these aren't regular humans that have been here with us in our generation but two seconds later they're like they're they have this weird slang and the acronym Oh, we have discussed. <laughs> okay. So wait, before we get into the acronyms, I will say those colloquial, like you know, terminology that you that colloquial terminology that you mentioned that actually like pissed me off. I was just like, is this ebonics? Like, what's going on here? Like, who's my like this? And it really felt like like. Because there was definitely this element to, like, them being these, like, urban characters, right? Like, they're, like, bumping, like, rap in the, um, in the Escalade, right? She, yeah. she, really, she really pushed the sort of the gang rap. Exactly. I'm like, I grew up in Newark. I don't know anybody who speaks like this. Like, who sits there and be like, yeah, we're going to the corner store. True? Like, what? Like, but, no. that was, but that was what made me think that they were, like, ancient vampires. They were, like, 700 years old and stuff. Like, like 300, So that, to me, worked. What didn't work was that they were going, true? I was slugging, like, what are you talking about? Like, you what talking about that ass? Ass? Wait, what? I'm not a bunch of cat, true. What, what are you doing? Where are we here? Like, that, the inconsistency would throw me up. And I, 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 I jokingly felt like she didn't have, like, black friends. Like, because, like, I, that... That those the writing of it screamed to me like someone who saw black people on TV and wanted to add some of that coolness you saw into these characters without actually talking to anybody black because it just felt weird. She <laughs> like, you, you know what this reminds me of, Danielle? Like, there's a video that from like the 70s or the 90s of this woman saying, "What is hip hop?" And, yes! <laughs> and she's like, "Hip hop is just." transgender yourself, you would get a transgender sympathy reader in to sort of say, no, we 
we don't refer to people like that. You wouldn't call it that, you know. And it's yeah. the same thing. You get you get a black sympathy reader, and if you're a white person writing about black culture, you get a black sympathy reader in to sort of say this this doesn't work. This isn't you know you, you you've misunderstood this reference or how this mm. works. Kind of okay, yes, yeah, she needed that. She, she needed it. She needed it. Girl, I can help you revise and edit if you want. <laughs> you could say as well. Oh, woo, please. So um, that was a thing. And she's a New York Times bestseller. I have questions. How did you get there? Um, the, but the acronym, she would, so in the in reading the book, you would literally see the book go like, um, yeah, it's going to be a big deal. She's going to touch his PA with her BMFD. And she's going to go to the STO. True? And you're like, what? Okay. Huh? Ma'am? I'm sorry? And then I was like, I would like physically get up and look around and be like, what? I would drop some letters out of it. I have since woken up a lot from my first reading of this book to the second reading of this book, this series. But... And when I was younger, I'm like, am I not a cool black person? Do I not know what's going on? Like, hold on. I like to, I like to be in on pop culture, but I'm lost. And I thought it was me. I thought it was me. I took that. I thought it was me caught slipping. All right. I see you. I see you, and I understand you. And it all makes sense. Because she's got her little shade. She got her little, her little leather black outfit on, and she's just like, she's hot stepping. She's, she's doing what she has to do. Okay. So speaking of the acronyms, here's another thing. Alongside a sympathy reader, what she needed was a goddamn editor. There were so many just like just grammatically incorrect misspellings, all of that in this series. And I'm like, again, you got to the top of the bestsellers, like New York Times bestseller list, and like you're spelling words wrong. No, just she she got it. She got it off the strength of them sexing. She got off the strength of the vaccine. That's like, yeah. honestly, I, there's no way because I'm I consider myself the average reader, you know, because mm-hmm. again, I'm not really delving too genre specific. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like that is the only draw. That is what I keep coming back for. The problem is yeah. once you start to lose that thread of the character and the love that character has for that other character, the sex does no longer maters. So as the books kind of get go on, it starts to break down, and now I just don't care. But yeah, I think that's what kept her on a constant success. And you're also kind of hoping, because of how long she stretches certain characters out, it makes sense that you're going to garner for the next book because you're like, I need to know. That's true. That's, yeah. That's not very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leaving, leaving those sort of threads unraveled for certain yeah. characters do end up, you know, you have your favorites, you have people you want to see through to the end. So she will always keep that cliffhanger element. <laughs> yeah. I will say that. Go ahead. Oh no, sorry. I was going to say it's really interesting because that was actually one of my big bugbears with the series was um, we 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 praised the consistency with characters and stuff. I found something that I really graced on me was I mean she does that whole the whole sort of you know standard storyline of strong independent woman falls in love you know with strong independent man and it's all beautiful and they find each other and they're soulmates. But then you've got this like ridiculously and incredibly sexist society. The Valba society is so patriarchal in just the worst possible way. Yeah, yeah. And really, you've got these strong human women coming into it who are independent and have their own lives and, you know, battle through whatever happens in Caldwell and everything else. And they just seem to... 
There's a couple of moments when they stand up to their, their mates, but generally they just seem to, it doesn't get tackled that you're sort of walking to this culture shock of um, yeah. women being subservient. You've got the chosen who are basically there to feed and breed with the brotherhood. You've got the yeah. hardian. <laughs> yeah. Where, you know, women can be owned by the oldest male member of their family and all their decisions, mm-hmm. could, you know, have to be made for them. And yeah. all that stuff's going on, but there's no consistency with these women coming and going, this is not all right. Yeah. You know, I, I agree with that. an element you'd think they, I mean, growing up in it is one thing, you know, you can understand the vampire women um, accepting it to an extent because that's how it's been. But the human one coming in, I think, personally, I would kick up a hell of a stink about it. Yeah, I think it would have been I, a big. I agree with that. I feel like there's like a lot of inconsistencies about that vampire society, right? Like the fact that the society is dying, right? Because the less learning society has really done damage, uh, a, a real damage to that society where they're killing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the civilians. Not only that, there was only, you know, a couple brotherhood members left when we first started this, the story. But then like you hear the, you know, Rath being, deciding to be a part of the brotherhood and be a fighter instead of being a king, you have like parts of the aristocratic society that almost like looks down on him for doing that. Right, like as if like that's not who he should be. He should be put aside in some ivory tower. And it's like y'all are dying. Like you know, like we need to. You're you're like clinging so hard to kind of like past norms and past traditions when it's like, you know, the world is eroding around you, and you won't have a, like if you keep going like this, you're not going to have traditions to like you know to keep uh, remembering. Um, so I felt like that was interesting. Like, even the way to your point about how sexist the society was, I remember she talked about even, like, the way how women were given less food, right? Like, in order to, like, she, they talk about, like, for the aristocrats, the female aristocrats, hunger was just this known part of, like, being, like, you know, existing. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. they never were given, like, a full meal of, you know, food, at uh, a full plate of food at any one meal. Like, you know, she talks about, like, even with, like, Marissa. Like, Marissa, I think, decides to, like, work in the clinic or, like, creates this, like, women um, haven kind of clinic. Um, and I remember, like, her brother Haver is, like, really upset because here's this, like, pure-blooded, aristocratic, like, vampire, and she's deciding to help out the common people. And it's just like, but, again, your society is dying. If she's not going to do it, who else is going to do it? Yeah. This is one of my favorite things. The way Havers got roasted by Quinn. Quinn took him out because <laughs> Layla was pregnant, went to the clinic to try to figure out what's going on because she was having a miscarriage. And Havers wouldn't speak to her. He wouldn't tell her what's happening with her own body because he was like, well, the prime male needs to know, blah, 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 blah. So Layla comes back. Everybody knows she's dying, and, and or like they can like everybody can smell that she's having a miscarriage and that, that something's wrong. And she's like, "Well, I tried," and like you know whatever. So Quinn's like, "Okay, cool." You know, they go to the clinic. Quinn's in the corner, posted up, and she's the one who notices because like everybody else seems to not be paying her. She's like, he's he's like, she's like, I'm never like because I remember seeing the, the passage of like I was never quite like this is the first time that she was like afraid of him, and she's like, "Why is no one else paying attention?" And then as soon as Havers walks in, Quinn runs that man into the door, breaks his glasses, and has a dagger and says, you need to figure this out real quick. And if you look at anybody else before her, you're going to die. And the guy's like, well, I need my chart. And he's like, I'm not. Your memory will foster your life right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you're having a miscarriage. And I'm like, yes, Quinn. Quinn 
like, I remember him saying, like, you're not just an incubator. Like, we both wanted this baby because we both wanted to have something of our own. And actually, I will say that she was challenged because Mary said to Marissa, no, Mary said to the, one of the Chosen that you're a survivor of a cult. And the Chosen was like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm not a survivor of a cult and got kind of upset. So she kind of backed off. And so I think... In y'all saying that, I think they, the human women, first of all, realize that they don't have a dog in this fight. <laughs> but also, I think in them, they were just kind of, I think I can understand that they were kind of balancing of like, do I say something? Because when they did try to, like, the few moments I did see the women say something, the only person they listened to was like Doc Jane. Because she didn't have no patience for them. And she was like, she was like, I'm not a doctor for y'all to tell me that you know more. Uh, like, so she was the only one they, like, listened to because she just did not give them that out. But, like, I feel like with Mary, because of her counseling and background and stuff like that and recognizes the whole other society, she would kind of say stuff but pull back when she realized it was a touchy subject. Because yeah. when she told one of the chosen they were a survivor of a cult, they were really, like, upset by that statement. Yeah, I suppose, I think my problem with it is they were cliched, stereotypical. Mm. They built up these really strong female human characters. They fall in love with these incredible warriors. And then these human characters just sort of, they, they give it all up for their man. They they give up their independence. They move in with them like within like three days of meeting them. And they just accept all of this stuff around them. Like you said, they do make some comments. But I think I, I, would, I would expect them, given how much they were these strong survivors you know better yeah. this survivor Mary you know fought through leukemia twice and everything else yeah. I, I would expect them to be more forthright about pushing for the freedoms they had before but they just seem to go oh no I've got a man now everything's okay yeah and they were just a warrior and I love him lives. and so I'll, I'll just bow to him yeah yeah like I completely agree they completely abandoned their lives now I saw Jane abandoned her life like she was still working at the hospital wasn't she who Jane Doc Jane, no, she started a whole clinic in the Vampire Society. Damn it! <laughs> but, also she's, but also, she's a ghost now. She can't go back to human life. And actually, true, Mary can't go back to human life because she's not going to age or die until until rage until she chooses to die. Okay, well, let me honest, Mary didn't have anything to go back to. Neither did Butch. Butch did give up all of his life too. Butch, yeah, Butch did. Butch gave up all Beth of his did. life. Too. Beth did actually, as well. I, but but he. Can't but they can't go back to real life because that's the whole thing. They, this is a game. They said blood in, blood out. You can't leave unless you dead. <laughs> you can check you out, can't but you can't leave. leave. <laughs> like, uh, what do you mean? Because they like, sir, we, you think you're going back to work? Uh, you need to stay here. <laughs> Pack your bag. <laughs> you're coming home. <laughs> this is your home, boo. <laughs> I have one more question. Do you think that I saw criticism? I saw criticism. Do you think that the women, the female leads, were weak? I saw Christmas, like, all the females in the book were weak or, like, weren't good female leads. Um, or they were one-dimensional, I think, is what they said. Do you agree with that? I definitely feel like she took more care in developing, like, the male, like, brotherhood characters than she did some of the women. Like, we definitely got more of their personality, more of who they were, and the women not so much. I think some of them, I don't know, like, for example, like, I'm not a big fan of Mary's, like, you know, but, like, I felt like a lot of her storyline, a lot of the issues that, like, she, like, that developed in their story was just, like, stupid. 
Um, but like Mar- uh, Beth, like Beth, I didn't think was weak. Like Beth definitely stood up to Raph. Like at one point, like he was trying to tell her what to do. Like, and he's just like, I forbid it. And she's like, you better lose that word. <laughs> so, and like, even same thing. Like I remember Jane being like a very strong character, but like to a point, yes. Like some of the chosen are like super weak where it's just like, I'm here to serve you. It's just like the chosen remind me of when you, um, when you watch Coming to America and when he was supposed to, he was supposed to get married um, to the woman who like was bred her whole life to be his wife. And he's just like, what do you like? And she's like, whatever you like to do. But, but you know, what music do you like? Whatever music you like to listen to. Like that's the chosen. And in that way, yes, yes very weak character where it's like, you don't exist without these men. Like that is your entire purpose and being. But I think there are a few female characters in between that, like, I'm like, okay, that's not a weak female. It's not a weak person. But overall, I do agree with that that sentiment. See, I, I think I would dispute use of the word weak. I think they are flatter characters. She obviously, Ward obviously cares about the brotherhood above all else. Those are her characters. Those are her babies. Now, somebody who writes a bit anyway, I totally understand that. So I don't mind that. I think her female characters are not so much weak as a bit flat. In that the yeah. strong the strong women are strong, and yeah. then other stuff. The the chosen are weak and flimsy. That's their defining characteristic. She doesn't really explore mm. more than that. Mary is strong because she survived cancer. That's pretty much her storyline. You know, yeah. Beth is tough. You know, because she lived by herself and you know she almost got raped on the first page of the book. They don't really. <laughs> Well, they go into the vulnerabilities or the depths of the male characters. They don't do that so much with the the female characters. So I would say closer to one-dimensional rather than weak women. So I kind of disagree. I don't feel like I read the books and... I don't know. I didn't feel like I was reading the books and going... And maybe it's because because of what I'm used to with romance novels. Um, This is the most the most real women that I've seen or realistic women because like Mary in the books that I have read where cancer has touched the women they are like they're, they're, they're defining issues that they're just so skinny now and like frail and weak from cancer and like <laughs> like everything is about how thin and beautiful they are despite their frailty and their delicateness, and, 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 like, it's just infuriating. Whereas Mary had, like, scars, she was jacked up, and she was, like, like really struggling with, like, because she would say, like, I used to be beautiful, you know what I mean? Even Zaytus was, like, really struggling with his appearance, and, like, a lot of that anger is because he struggled with his appearance. So I feel like, for me, they were so true to what they were. Like, the Chosen, it makes sense that they were the way they were because they legitimately were bred their whole life to be a certain way. So, like, it doesn't make sense they would come out and be like, yeah, so, Wallen, I'm good. I don't need anybody. Like, it makes sense they would be, like, these lost, frail women who they literally existed in this beautiful garden their whole life and only came out to, like, give blood and have sex and then go back to the garden. It's a hell of a life. characters that I have ever read 
if I'm going to be honest. Because I feel like Mary was just, I connected a lot because this is like, this is so real. And even, um, and even just the way she handled like, like Hex. Hex is a strong woman. And I, I like that her, she did not, all that strength we've seen. She's been running people. She's been the head of security at a bar running things like doing her own thing because she actually quit the brotherhood and went right back to work at the bar when she her and john went got got the beef in so i'm like i like that because that to me feels like a real woman not just you know um like if she just kind of couch out and was in john's room weeping then i'd be confused and like turned off you know what i mean like oh like mm-hmm. you're you're whack but also i think like I think J.R. Ward does have a bit of sexism baked into her. Like, it is it is woven because, like, I was reading something where Beth didn't, was, like, really upset and she didn't want to drink. She was like, there's nothing trashier than a woman who gets lit. Direct quote. And I'm just like, uh, what? First of all, who taught you lit? So <laughs> don't use that. Second, um, you know, the idea, because then I realized, I'm getting, no, none of the women smoke, none of the women drink. You know, the women don't really, they definitely follow these ideals. I didn't get that sense of, like, flat women, because I know what flat women are. They're women who are the main characters of entire books that are flat. I think it's, I think it's really interesting you say that. I think you're right. I think the different perspectives, we've, have we lost Candice? We did. <laughs> so we're one woman down. Uh, so we're going to keep going. <laughs> Um, I think you're right. I think the different perspectives we've had coming into this is what makes it so interesting talking to both of you about uh, these books. Um, And you're right. I think um, the different interests that led us to these characters are going to give us very different takes on them. It's fascinating. Like you say, we're going to look into um, chick lit and contemporary fiction that you recommend to us. I think it will give us a better perspective on on your opinions on these characters and why they differ differ from ours. Um, So... (laughs) I actually said to like wind down. Would you recommend this book series to people who love the books that you love? So if you're like, hey, you like these books, would I recommend this? If someone tells you I love horror books, would you recommend it to them? If someone tells you, you they love fantasy, would you recommend it? And I have to decide if I would recommend it to a romance. Go ahead, Shona. Uh, I think I would recommend it. I would make it very clear I was not recommending it as high literature. This is not Stephen King. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not going to this. Like you say, you're going to go into it because you're a horror fan with a with a punch up for vampires. You're going to want it hot and heavy. You're going to want the bumping and grinding. You're going to want the sex scenes. You're not going to go into it as a as a horror purist. But I would recommend it because I think they're fun. I think they're they're light reading. Like you say, I think she writes the characters she cares about very very well. Um, yeah, overall, I would recommend it. I think they're enjoyable, albeit a bit fluff. <laughs> uh, I would also recommend it. I think there would be a lot of caveats. Like, look, you know, the it, it needs some serious editing and proofreading. Um, she goes she goes haywire with the H. Like, she is a Beyonce fan. Like, H-Town? <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? And, like, I would definitely say that there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of issues with the series, but overall it is very entertaining. It's, it'll keep you reading. Like, I agree, it's fluff. Um, but, like, if you are riding on the bus, you know, trying to decompress at night, whatever, like, this book will really still take you out of, like, you know, whatever 
you know, world you're in and put you in another world and you will enjoy the journey. So you get absorbed. Yeah. I, I think from a romance perspective, you're going to get it in spades. It's going to be excellent. You're going to enjoy the romance. So, yeah. Um, and especially if you love a tragic love story uh, where I realize that John and Hex are tragic because I just wanted them to be together and they're not. Um, so what am I supposed to do? They're not together. Uh, <laughs> I was so hurt. I was reading the thing. I was trying to get a sound. I was like, I don't, I'm not surprised, but damn. Uh, <laughs> so uh, if you're reading it from a romance perspective, you're going to get it in spades. It's just so good. So romantic. So much love. The guys, in the same way that the women kind of give up so much of themselves, the guys are pretty much powerless without these women. And I kind of love that. Mm-hmm. This is an equal opportunity. Everyone's kind of struggling on this. Um, this has been the first episode of Fully Booked. <laughs> I'm really excited. I'm, I hope you guys like it. We Shana, used to enjoy it. Words? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shana, any last words? Um, it's been so much fun talking to both of you. I can't wait to do it again. I hope other people enjoyed it. I hope they take our our criticisms on board i hope they if they give it a go i hope they enjoy the series if people have comments that'll be interesting to see yes i would love it if you've read the books or are going to read the books or just have any thoughts in general you can totally tweet me at underscore miss claudine shona at curse of the cynic that's right candice is at candy kimmy on twitter So, yeah, this was a lot of fun. We'll see you guys once a month. We're going to be honest with ourselves and say we're going to do It's better to have a consistent once a month podcast than to do an inconsistent weekly podcast that comes out once a month anyway. (laughs) Uh, So we'll see you next month. Thank you guys so much for listening to our first episode of Fully Booked. We'll see you all next time. Stay booked and busy. Bye. Bye.